Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. And welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I don't know why I sound like I'm doing a Halloween thing. Give me a sec here. <clears throat> okay, that's that's better. Hi, uh, I'm Matt. I'm the host. With this week, blah, 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 blah. sorry. With me this week are my two astonishing co-hosts, uh, Joe Perez and Liz Harper. How are you guys doing? You notice how Did Matt you- has Matt has two modes when he introduces the podcast. He either goes into like the Vincent Price, like grave serious, like <laughs> like old school horror introduction, or he turns into a 1940s prospector. Try take away the words <laughs> when introducing the podcast, and that's just accurate. Like I'm just that's me. Either I'm I'm the horror show host from from like you know the creature feature type thing. Like if you've ever seen the original Fright Night, oh yeah, the Roddy McDowell character. Either I'm that, or I'm Yosemite Sam. I, I don't. Sometimes I'm a Scottish person who becomes a Russian person very quickly. <laughs> but I, I don't know what the deal is with that. But regardless, uh, here we are. I think we're going to spend at least some time talking about the Diablo Four open beta over the weekend because you know that happened, and I know Liz and I were playing pretty continuously. I, I don't know about Joe. I unfortunately got waylaid by a lot of work, so I didn't get to play. And this is my this is oh, me boy, being very Joe. angry about this because I I wanted to play so badly. Uh, uh, so in order to give you some stuff to talk about before we jump into like you know thirty five minutes of gushing about Diablo Four, uh, I figured we'd mention first up that Zulgarub items have been brought back, ones that have not existed since I want to say Cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've all been like a lot of them can be crafted now. Uh, as if patch ten point zero point seven of of World of Warcraft, the Dragonflight patch, uh, you can go to Zulgarub. There's a kind of weird thing you have to do, like you have to run the dungeon. Don't like you know you go you get a kind of bijou I believe it's called, and then you Fra- have to Fra- kill the bosses. Fragmented Hakari bijou and shattered Hakari yeah, yeah. bijou. Yeah. Kill a bunch of bosses, then go kill the main boss. Then you can go down when he when he puts the thing in the spirit realm. Instead of going to kill him, you run downstairs and. 
get the other half of it that combines to the you know perfected bijou or what have you, and restored, then you can go and craft yeah. all this different stuff. Since I know you guys are transmog hogs like myself, I shouldn't say it like if I'm I'm immune here. Also, I like transmog hog because it rhymes. <laughs> I'm interesting that way. Anyway, anything you're looking forward here? Uh, I will point out that if you're trying to get uh, Jinrock, you can't. Uh, it ain't there. Uh, it's the one one weapon model that they did not put in because it's in it's in the um, I want to say architecture, but it's not called architecture. It's uh, archaeology. Yeah, it's the it's archaeology. archaeology. Although so, the archaeology one is a different color, yeah. I think. I don't know. I just know that that's I have, what that. I mean, is. I have I have the OG one on my hunter because back in the olden days, it was a hunter weapon. It absolutely was. <laughs> I mean, in the in so far as that hunters grabbed anything with attack power on it, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I want to kind of go through and collect everything because I think there's a few things that I haven't looked at my my list of what's missing. But like, there are some things that I never got a, a chance to when I was at level, and I wouldn't mind going through and uh, spending some time getting getting the the holes in the collection filled. Liz, have you looked in it? Seen anything you want? Um, I was never like a a huge fan of the Solgrub sets, and also like the the other thing is I can only keep so many things in my brain at once, like so many tasks. And I've been working on Anchorage lately, so you know you've got to collect those transmog sets. Like you can only do so much at a time. Yeah, for myself, I, I mean, I was disappointed that you can't get uh you can't get a Genrock. Um. Mm. But you know they they have pretty much everything else, uh, including a lot of armor stuff that you you couldn't get, uh, you can't get anymore. So it it, it gives me a huge nostalgia I mean, for like when we were running um, on Karaj, actually uh, because we we ended <laughs> up like running we ended up running Zulgarub a lot uh, to to get ourselves geared up to go hit on Karaj. Uh, I think the two of them dropped mm-hmm. pretty close yeah. together. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I think they did. But I just remember like my guild would split up into like multiple groups to run. Uh, Zolgarab, and then we'd, we'd, you know, convene and go run on Karaj. So, yeah, definitely. There is actually, uh, there's a new model as well, though. Uh, did you guys uh-huh. see the Venom Reaver model? Mm-mm. I have not. Okay. It's a polearm. If okay. you remember, if you've ever played a Warlock, you've probably gone to get the Hell Reaver polearm, uh, from the first dungeon in, uh, the, the, oh, God. <sighs> Hellfire Citadel Dungeons, the first dungeon there, there's a the big red flaming po- uh, polearm called Hellreaver. They now have a model that's green called Venom Reaver that, that's going to be draw- craftable in Zolgarup. Uh, it's, huh. the same, it's the same polearm, but it's green instead of red. I, I mean, I just like the entire concept of the ancient uh, ancient plans, right? Like, I think that's really cool as a concept. Yeah, I, like, I think it's an interesting way to bring stuff back, too, yeah. Yeah, and also that model of Venom Reaver, I have. I think I have the 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 red one, the the original, the OG, and now I have yeah, to go get the green one because I because I can't not have it now. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> you're welcome. I, I've given you an obsession. Was it? Um, as I remember years ago, of Cole Cartoon said, you know, you got me a figure print of my character from World of Warcraft. Yeah, well, don't don't seem so happy about it. I thought this would be a nice gift, gift, gift. You just gave me a second job, which I, you know. I, I had to quit previously because it was killing me. Uh, because you know, once you he, once you get the figure print, you have to look at your transmog and you're like, oh my god, no, uh, I cannot have that printed. And it's it's still the ca- same case, even though fi- I don't even know if figure prints even still exist. Technically, um, they do, but I mean, also at the, I mean, I hate you to, to say, 3D like, print it yourself. I was gonna say, I've already three D printed my character a couple times in different transmog because that's the thing you can do. Yeah, I figured. Uh, but yeah, so there's like. 
the thing is, is too, I, I wanted to tell people this. It's not just that there, there's a lot of patterns here. There's inscription ones that can allow you to make various things. There's jewel crafting ones. Um, there's leather working ones for a whole bunch of leather stuff that, you know, was in the original dungeon. So there's a bunch of different stuff. Uh, it isn't just plate and, and weapons, although plate and weapons did get blacksmithing gets the lion's share of recipe. Um, and I kind of feel like the fact that you can get a pitchfork of Mojo madness, which is basically just the pitchfork, <laughs> like, you know, it's just the pitchfork of madness model, uh, which, yeah. So hmm, very cool. Uh, overall, I think this is a really cool thing. I'm very happy they did it. They've been doing, I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but between this and the trading post and uh, some of the trial of style stuff that came out, like when the expansion first dropped, they've actually put in a lot of new stuff. That's, that's yeah. fixing these kind of holes. Like I remember noticing uh, I had for a long time, I had warriors, uh, the highest level of the warrior tier 10 from uh, ice crown Citadel and the set didn't have boots. Hmm. And then they put, they put the boots in finally in like legion because they put in the dungeon with a bunch of different bosses from a bunch of different expansions but then it didn't have a belt and it didn't have a belt from the time it was introduced until this expansion because they snuck the belt in uh in trial of style stuff when the expansion dropped and I, I went and got it but i was like i only i got it because i i went to the trading post and then i saw that the person there was a vendor there so i checked on what that vendor had and they were like a trial style vendor and i was like i don't know why you're here but cool and then i saw the 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 belt and they also put in models that were never even used like on that vendor there's swords that were in the files back but never actually given his loot yeah yeah so they've been doing a lot of that uh between like you know this this latest thing with zulgarub is great but they've been doing stuff like this before and they it seems to be something that they've been working on in the background and i don't know why they're not making more of a deal out of it like I feel um, like they should be telling people about this I, more I, than they are. I have a feeling that it's sneaking it in as they can because otherwise what's going to wind up happening is you're going to have a subset of people that are going to start beating the door down for everything that they never got or was data mined as a potential thing. And like I agree, like I think it's a great thing and I think they should be praised for it. But I also understand maybe not making it making such a big deal out of it because they're probably just adding them as they can when they can. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have no idea like what the, what the order of operations is for it, but yeah, it's absolutely just, ah, I've been wanting some of these models uh, since old war when they were supposed to be an old war and then they didn't show up. And I was like, why did you not be, you gave that to this mob in old war. Why can't I have it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but I think that pretty much covers that topic. So uh, I don't think, I mean, we can talk about the turbulent timeways. Uh, have you guys got a chance to do that yet? Because it just happened today as we're recording this. Uh, I got, uh, no, I haven't, but I'm definitely going to. I, I got home and now I'm on the podcast, so no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much the same. Um, I've actually, I've actually had a really bad day health-wise. So anyway, um, the thing about the turbulent timeways is for the next six weeks, guys, starting now and going well into April. Um, I think it actually it ends in, and I think it ends the first or second week of May. But I'm, I mean, I'm not great at doing calculations yeah, in my it's, head like that. It's a solid six weeks of time walking. Yeah. And the the item level of the case you get for doing it has been up has been adjusted upwards. It's not normal mode, it's heroic mode gear. So it's um still vault of the uh incarnates, but it's it's heroic. So it goes between I believe four oh two to four eleven gear can drop uh from from the case you do. So if you do all six weeks you will get six pieces of gear 
from Heroic, uh, which is not, I don't think that's bad. I think that's a pretty, pretty solid No, it's really reward. nice. Yeah. And uh, uh, I believe you have to run four time walking dungeons for the quest. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I just took yep, the yep, quest. Yep. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So four time walking dungeons every week for the next six weeks, and you will get six pieces of heroic gear. I mean, I really think that's great. And I mean, it's great for alts because time walking is not, it's not super hard. Even if you have an undergeared alt, you can do it. And the other thing is that uh, I was hearing this afternoon is that you can run alts less than 70 through here Mm -hmm. and do the quest and get the reward. Yeah. Yep. So it's like if you haven't, yeah, you can have the gear waiting. My only gripe, and I was talking about this the other day in in Guild, and we were doing some like Mythic Pluses. Um, I love time walking, but I have a, a weird, I don't want to say hatred of it, but like, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. As a healer, there is a unique, I, I don't like this portion of it, where there is content you can run that you cannot remove debuffs that the game thinks you should be able to remove because things have gotten mm. moved around for healers so much that yeah. it, it, like it, that gets a little bit weird. That's the only part of time walking. I don't like everything else. I love, I love time walking. Otherwise, uh, I quote, agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and Padilla and chat. <laughs> yes. Burning crusade dungeons are the worst for that, especially as a oh, resto yeah. shaman. Like the fact that I can, I, I have to like spec and do a totem specifically to remove, uh, uh, poison, but now I can't remove disease anymore is a huge problem. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, like when we had the Mage Tower come back and people were trying to do it back in, uh, the, near the end of Shadowlands, a lot of the it turned off a lot of things that people were basically relying on now, like the Covenant powers. They didn't work. And it's like, that's my entire mm-hmm. playstyle, yeah. man. My entire playstyle yeah. is based around that Covenant power. You, you can't take that away from me and then just expect me to figure out how to be able to do this on the fly. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, we're going to get to see that again fairly soon. Cause Legion is one of the expansions that's coming. I think pretty much every expansion Yeah, we're doing, yeah. we're doing every expansion. Uh, this week is cataclysm next week, mists of Pandaria, then warlords of Draenor, then Legion, then burning crusade, then wrath of the Lich King, which is a weird order to do them in, but that's the order we're doing them in. So there you go. Yeah. And except also, for battle for Azeroth, which I don't think has any time walking yet. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, so just we're going through all of the all of the expansions that have time walking. So most of them. Also, yeah. a correction: the the quest to do this requires you to run five time walking dungeons. I believe I said four earlier. I so, thought I thought it was four too. Okay. Then it's still it's still not a bunch. Uh, hmm, yeah, I can't find the quest, but yeah. All right, that's that's not terrible. It's still only like one more yeah, so dungeon a day and, for a week. Yeah, you know, and it's skipping. And, I mean, I think uh, mostly time walking dungeons are pretty straightforward, pretty quick. Certainly I compared mean, to like yeah to like a mythic plus, which can be you know a really time and energy intensive thing. Even if they're like a quick thirty minute thing, they they always feel like a big ordeal because it's a lot of focus is required. Yeah, and I, like I definitely a, don't think that's the case for time walking. And again, yeah, time walking you can kind of breeze through. I mean, and considering it's again, it's a piece of gear that will be between four or two to four eleven. Um, you can mm-hmm. get the heroic version of the axe off of Razageth. I mean, you may not get it, but you could. So you know, there's there's a lot of impetus, in my opinion, to to go do this. Uh, I'm definitely going to be running mm-hmm. it as soon as I get a chance to. You guys said, "What is time? You don't hurt me, don't hurt me anymore." <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, 
I wanted to talk about something that I had missed that you caught, Liz. Uh, we've got the Year of the Wolf announcement, which which happened last week. Which I mean, when was last week again? Uh, that was just before the breaking no. of the seals, right? I, I don't remember, but uh, yeah, yeah, Year of the Wolf. Last week was at least last week was at least like three years ago. I think it does feel like um, it. Yeah, it's still like a really yeah, weird Doppler effect as you're getting stretched out as you're like powering forward through time. <laughs> But yeah, go ahead and talk about the Year of the Wolf, please, so I can sit here and, and try um, and understand what's going on in my life. Uh, so Hearthstone announced the Year of the Wolf. And in case you don't follow Hearthstone, every every year is a literal year and also a year in Hearthstone, which always has a theme of some sort. This year is the Year of the Wolf, and we will have kind of the the standard layout of three expansions, three Battleground Seasons. And so on. But we also get a new core set rotation. The core set in Hearthstone is basically a set of cards that everyone has. It doesn't matter if you bought anything. It doesn't matter if you've done anything. Everyone has logs in, has access to this core set of cards just straight up, which I think is really great. They added this mm, last year or the year before. This is pretty new, but I think it's it's a great way for everyone to kind of keep a similar power level to each other because everyone has this stuff. They are coming in with a bunch of buffs to older cards because obviously the game's getting up there in years and the power curve has kind of increased over time like it inevitably does with any game. So some old cards are getting buffed. We're, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's an interesting time because it's, it's, you know, it's when everything's kind of changing up. Everything's kind of shifting a little bit. They're also making the tradable keyword evergreen. So you're going to see tradable on more cards. That is a keyword that allows you to, if you draw a card, you can trade it in and get a different card out of your deck. So that can give you some nice flexibility. If you happen to draw that like eight mana card on turn one and it's not really useful for you. Uh, oh, I wanted I'm to just, ask you something, Liz. Go. Uh, you talked about the core set. Um, mm -hmm. the year of the wolf, like what last year was the year of the Hydra. Am I, am I correct on this? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, basically what I need, what I'm asking is it says, uh, was when I was doing research on it, uh, it says that they rotate certain cards out of the core set and then other cards go rotated in. Do we know yet which ones are going to do that or have they not yes, said yet? Yes. Okay. We have the, I believe we have the complete list of cards that are rotating in. What we don't have is when exactly <laughs> this is going to happen, except it's probably going to happen sometime in April when the new expansion goes live, which we also don't have a specific date for. All right. Uh, but we, so we do know what's going to be going out and coming in. So that's cool. Yes. It, it looks like uh, 70 cards are being swapped out of the core set for new cards. So, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty significant change. A change like this is always going to kind of shake up the meta and just make it, you know, it refreshes everything. It makes the game feel, you know, kind of new, kind of different. And that's, that'll last all year because this is going to be the core set for the entire Year of the Wolf. So, when and the Year of the Wolf starts when the expansion drops? Uh, yes. So it'll be so from sometime in April to next April? Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. This is me trying to host a podcast. <laughs> Sounds like I know what I'm doing. Uh, you you I mentioned... Mean, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, part of the problem is we don't know exactly when it's going to start and exactly when it's going to end because they don't announce those dates. But uh, it'll it'll start when the expansion comes out and it'll end when uh, you're probably you're probably right on. We're, it's probably going to end 
next April after we've gone through our three expansion cycle and we start over with a new expansion. Cool. I think that made sense. <laughs> no, it did. It did. So uh, we just talked about how you have a really good question here about patch 10.0.7, but we just talked about how all three of us have basically been super swamped and hadn't gotten a chance to play much in 10.0.7. I mean, uh, I have, I have, so, I have played some. Have have either of y'all gone to the Zascara Yes, I have. Joe has. I have not. Uh, because I think I haven't done as much there as I would like, but I think the Zascara vaults are are really interesting. Um, well, it's a cool idea. I mean, even though yeah. I haven't gotten to do it yet, I like the idea of it just fine. I thought. One of the things I really do like about Dragonflight quite a bit is how mm-hmm. much different stuff there is. Yeah. Like if you don't necessarily jibe with with you know this thing, I mean, granted, if you don't do them at all, you won't get the ring, and the ring is a, yeah. is something you should you should probably want to have. It's a good ring. Um, but if I really don't want to do it, I can just avoid it. I won't get the ring. But by the time the next raid comes out. I'll have I'll get better rings pretty quickly. So it's yeah, not probably. it's not like it's not a, you must have this ring to 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 do this stuff. And I'm not going to talk about the healing uh, feedback loop because I don't want it to get nerfed before I get my hands on it. Okay. <laughs> well, you probably I should mean, I, that then. <laughs> I I think it was already nerfed once, but yes, yes. Um it's and I, the other thing is you can get the ring pretty easily and you can even fully upgrade the ring pretty easily. It doesn't take a huge time commitment. Even though, like we've said, all of us have been really busy. Uh, I've leveled three characters to level 25 in the Diablo 4 beta this past week. Uh, and uh, yeah, But I've also, you know, I've leveled three gems in my ring. I've leveled, I just have one level to go and I'll have it maxed out. So I'm even with the very little time play I have had. And I mean, the vaults themselves are just interesting. I think even if I had my ring totally maxed out and I didn't need any new gems or anything at all. I think I might go there every week anyway, because it's just an interesting place. You go in and, uh, well, you've got to farm up, you know, keys for the vault to open the different vaults. You go inside, you use your keys and you unlock a different, a different door in the vault. And who knows what's going to be behind that door. It could be anything. You could unlock it and the room is on fire. And you have to go and find something in another vault that will put out the fire or let you get into the fire. There was one I unlocked last week. I went inside and there's a rat, a rat with a chef's hat on. And you can, you catch the rat and then you talk to the rat and try to convince the rat to give you this recipe. You're supposed to talk him into giving you your his secret recipe and you have to... Every time you talk to him, he gives you a certain number of like scraps, like scraps of the recipe. And eventually you get enough that you have a recipe for deviled eggs, because obviously that's how you would get a recipe for deviled eggs. I mean, I don't know how else you would. They're very good deviled eggs. (laughs) Obviously, you would learn from a rat who has been locked in Neltharian's vault for thousands of years now, I guess. Listen, if, if, it, to work on that recipe. if an immortal chef rat wants to teach me its secrets, I'm here for it. But it's just, it's interesting and it's unexpected and I, I really enjoy it. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel like, oh God, another thing I have to farm over and over. But no, it's actually, it's actually I, fun. It's I, farmable content that I would just do. I really like it. Uh, there are only two questions that, and I, and I, I didn't really look too far into it. One, it's only solo content, right? Like you can't go and do it with friends, yes? Correct. 
Okay, that that is one thing I wish you could do is I wish you could go in there with like a couple friends and be maybe have it be a little more social. So I think exploring it is fun, but I kind of understand why with the keys and stuff. And two, do we know if the mobs that that greet you rotate? Like we do not. I mean, this is only the second week the vault has been open. So like when you go in there, if they're like if there are spiders again or not, because um, a mutual friend of of Matt and mine has uh, severe arachnophobia and just couldn't do the vaults couldn't do the vaults because of it right so i'm kind of mm-hmm, curious yeah. if, if that'll if if that's the case or not knowing her luck there'll be more rats i mean with spiders spider rats spider rats make it even worse but uh, yeah um at this point i've i've been as as nice as i can and go ahead talk about the opposite just do the thing <laughs> okay uh, i'll be back don't worry well first off i'm gonna talk about druids um the open big weekend one of the characters i played was uh kind of a mixed bag uh, I felt like the, but the druid really feels like they kind of need a buff. Um, just in terms, maybe in terms of just survivability. Cause I, I had a lot of fun uh, on the druid and I thought like, I felt like I was, I had cool abilities that were visually distinctive mm-hmm. and had a, like a lot of fun to them, but it definitely feels like you get, you get hurt pretty badly. Uh, um, see the thing with the druid, I played a druid to 25 and I like, I have no, no feelings about the druid. I'm personally not usually a druid player in Diablo. Back in Diablo 2, I didn't really go for the druid, but everyone was saying how terrible the druid was. And I'm like, okay, now I have to play it to 25 just to be contrary because everyone's saying it's hard to level. And um, it felt a little squishy. I agree. But also, I didn't feel like it was nearly as bad as people were saying it was. People were saying it's really hard, that it's just not powerful, and I did not, I didn't really feel that. I felt it was kind of a middle-of-the-road class. Yeah, I honestly, pretty much all my concerns are survivability-based. Like, I, I felt like uh, classes I played is I played two Barbarians to 25 because um, uh, of course. then I played the Druid to, like, I think 16, and mm-hmm. the uh, I played the Sorceress to like a, like a solid 13 or 14, mm-hmm. uh, and I played the Rogue up to 13 or 14. And Keep in mind that means I don't. I only really know the barbarian at the max level in the in the uh, yeah. beta. Well. But from when I was playing the druid, I felt mostly like it was survivability oriented. Like that that mm-hmm. was the big issue. Like a like a rogue has a lot more options for getting in and out of combat. Like yeah. they can go in and they can do da- the close up damage, or they can jump out and use range damage. And it flew. It's very fluid, and you can use yeah. your you know use your you know weapon imbues and so forth. Although you don't actually get those until, until pretty- late. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and and we're talking late in the beta where yeah. leveling only went to 25. The actual game is max level of 100. So we're just, we're really just seeing the beginning of this. Yeah, you're seeing the tip. Like this is just, just the, the pointy bit of it. But I do feel like, you know, I think each class kind of like the, I think you're the one that said this, the Necro seems to get their stuff like immediately. Like, yeah, they do. Yeah, and like immediately front loaded. Here's all the tools. Uh, whereas the Barbarian... Uh, I felt like by the, by the time I hit 20, I had gotten everything except the one thing that I couldn't get because it doesn't actually allow you to go to the place to unlock it. Yeah, the like, Druid has has the same problem in the beta. Yeah. They can't... Every class uh, in Diablo 4 has kind of a special feature that's just for them. And uh, Druids and Barbarians could not unlock theirs in the beta because the beta is only this first zone of the game and you had to do a quest in a different zone. So didn't get to fully test some of this. And I think that's also certainly with the Druid, that's part of the reason the Druid feels a little weaker 
because most mm-hmm. classes they get to level 15 and they get their special thing. Yeah. And druids get to level 15 and you get a quest to go get your special thing, but you can't go get your special thing that would buff you up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't feel the, the lack of it too much on the barbarian, but I, I definitely did feel mm-hmm. it in the druid. Uh, the the interesting thing about the druid, and you you wrote a, cl- a post about classes in Diablo Four that you pointed out. Druid is kind of they're like this ultimate hybrid class, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and because they can do- go into melee, they can be tanky, they can be spellcasters, they can be a pet class, like whatever you want to do. You want to do anything in the game, you can do it on a druid, but. I feel like you have to, to be a successful druid, I feel like you can't specialize, which I'm, I'm kind of getting the vibe from a lot of people who tried druid out this weekend that they like, it's like, okay, I want to be a druid. I want to be a werewolf all the time, or I want to be a bear all the time. Yeah, and right. Because that's, that's, that's what you did. That's what you did in Diablo 2, right? Yeah. 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 That's but not really how this plays. No. Yeah, I tried a bunch of different builds. You know, I just went in and I try this and okay, that's not feeling good. I try that. That's not feeling good. And it feels like you kind of have to, you know, mix and match. What I finally wound up doing was it's like, okay, my basic skill was a ranged casting thing where I threw like a wave of air at people. So I could do that from range and either pull things or attack things that were just really far away from me without running in. And then my active skill was I become a werewolf and slash things. And that was really fun. That was, it's really fun to be a werewolf because you can, about survivability, you can buff up your werewolf thing to where clawing people regenerates health. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little later you can pick up this, like, I want to call it battle cry, but that's not what it is. It's uh yeah, it's on a short cooldown, and it regenerates like 20% of your health instantly on like a 12 or 15 second cooldown. And uh, it also regenerates some of your spirit, which is the their kind of mana, their casting, their ability resource. Yeah, their resource. Yeah. And, you know, kind of once I got this combo going, it's like, okay, I cast a couple of these spells from range, then I jump in as a werewolf. And I can kind of stay in combat pretty well because I'm healing myself when I'm slashing with the werewolf. And then I can use this cooldown to give me more spirit to do more slashing as a werewolf. And, uh, you know, at some point it started feeling pretty good. But like the first five or six levels felt really rough before I sort of started getting all of the tools. Mm -hmm. And like later, like after level 20, it started feeling pretty rough because... I think at that point you're kind of getting behind the curve on power because you couldn't go get your special feature in the beta. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said. For that. Um, I I really noticed it on the barbarian run. Some of saying level 25 is because I, I, they have the expertise feature, which is uh, right. I was, I was unlocking part of it because I was using weapons. So every, as you use a weapon, you you've unlocked this level, but it's like it doesn't do me any good guys I, I don't get the expertise thing because i have to i have to go train with with that guy over there and i can't get there uh but other than that i mean i really liked <clears throat> i really like the arsenal system for barbarians i i want world of warcraft to steal it yesterday um could you is, could you could you tell us what the arsenal system is yep. because i played a barbarian to like level five sure uh basically when you start as a barbarian uh unlike other classes and i i don't remember well enough to give you in detail on other classes, but the Barbarian has four weapon slots. They have a big two-handed hammer that they're carrying around. They have two one-handed weapons, which can be swords, axes, maces, uh, 
and then, and then they've got these the big slashing weapon, which can be a two-handed sword, a two-handed axe, or a polearm. And each of these has a different expertise. Like as you're leveling them, as you use them, they they get more expertise. But mm-hmm. the thing about the way that these work is certain abilities require like a slashing weapon. And if you don't like, say you're you're dual wielding two maces uh, as your dual wheel weapons, the, when you hit the the ability that requires a slashing weapon, it will automatically switch to your your two hand sword or axe because that's your slashing weapon. But if you have a a, a slashing weapon in your main hand and an you know like say you have a sword and axe as a dual wielding, it'll keep using those and it jumps between the abilities that it can use it. Like there's a certain abilities that just always use the big two handed hammer because of like ground pound stuff, anything like hammer of the ancients, which is the ability I was mostly focusing on. Uh, it hits the ground and throws a huge amount of damage around and it's based on your, your two hand mace. So by you use these abilities, you don't have to do anything. It's not like you have to switch weapons using a macro or anything. The weapons will switch automatically based on what you're doing. So if you're using an ability that requires X kind of weapon, it will just switch to one. And you'll always have one because like your two-handed mace is just always you have a two-handed mace. That's that's one of your four weapons. So if anything that attacks the ground or does anything like that, you'll just automatically switch to it. And so you, that one's there. You know it's there. You don't have to worry about it. If you don't, say you went with two maces for your, your dual wielding, uh, then you'll switch to your your slashing two-hander to make sure that you've got slashing attacks. And you can vary it up. Like you can go with two slashing weapons, like two swords, and then like a, a two-handed polearm. And the some some attacks would just switch to a, your tool to a two-hander. If they don't switch to your mace because you've got they'll switch your mace if you just don't, you know, if, if that's the best weapon to switch to. But sometimes they'll switch to the polearm or an axe, whatever you've got equipped. And it just happens. Like you don't have to do anything. I love this because it allows (laughs) you to, you can pick and choose your loadout and you can, you Uh can grab specific kinds of, of stuff on the weapons and you've got four of them. You know, you like, I don't, I don't, I think everybody else uses like one or two, uh, like rogues use two. I think technically rogues use three because they have a bow. Um, but you know, in melee they use two, but in, in melee, a barbarian is constantly switching between these weapons based on what abilities they're using. Um, and it just happens and you just, it's just fluid and it's really nice. I, I think this is one of the best ideas they've ever had. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know how to compare it to other abilities. Like the, like it's in a way it's similar to the, the Druid shapeshifting, like where you're like, you know, now I'm a caster. Now I'm a werewolf. Now I'm a bear. Yeah. Now I'm a werewolf. Now I'm a caster again. It's similar to that in that you just take, when you use an attack, that's got, you know, you know, slash with your claws, you just turn into a werewolf. Yeah. Like the, the exactly. ability, just, it's just in the ability. You don't, yeah. you don't have to like hit a button and be a werewolf. You're just like, I'm not a werewolf. Now I am. Now I'm not. Now I am. I like <laughs> this idea of like, mm, surprise face mauling. And it's similar to that, except it's instead of that, it's like surprise giant hammer. Boom. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there is something really, really fun about this, about this. I, I think one of the things I've been trying to figure out is how to explain Diablo four combat. To people who mm-hmm. it's actually harder to describe to people who've played other Diablo games mm-hmm. because it isn't any of them. It's not the original Diablo, which is just, you know, if you ever go back and play that thing, it, it's like poke, 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 zap, zap, zap. Yeah. It's not Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Diablo 2's very measured system. Uh, mm-hmm. It's It's got moments that sort of feel that way. 
And I, I maintain that the boss fights in D4 feel like from the ones we've done. We keep in mind we've only done a yeah. few, you know, up to level 20, 25. But the ones we, we've gotten to see, they they feel a little bit like the, the original Diablo 2 end boss type situation where you go fight ball. He had a suite of abilities and you had to figure out how to counter them. Like, mm-hmm. and it's less, but it's not like Diablo two, because in Diablo two, the answer was what's his main damage type. Okay. This guy does lots of lightning, come up with a way around lightning, get gear that, that drops lightning damage, stuff like that. This one, it's much more like figure out how to use the area around the boss fight. And some of the fights I just got wrecked on. Uh, you did the butcher, right? Uh, if you, by did the butcher means I saw him him. and he killed me. Yeah. Yeah, In like 10 seconds. Yes, exactly. I didn't know this, but the butcher can just randomly spawn in a dungeon. Yeah. He can spawn anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. At any time he wants. Yes. So I, I was in a dungeon. I forget which one it was, but I remember the butcher appeared just before, like I, he spawned and they, there was an invulnerability (laughs) pillar. So I hit uh-huh. the invulnerability pillar and I deluded myself into thinking I had a chance in this fight. And I, I kept him there for a good long time. Like he was, he was dropping health. I thought, yeah. And then the, the pillar wore off and he just destroyed me oh. because you could oh, like literally, yeah. he's rough. Yeah. He hits that's like revenge. That's revenge for Diablo one. <laughs> Might be revenge of Diablo three at this point. That dude, that dude is like, <laughs> well, geez, don't forget because you, I mean, he's, I think he was one of the first ones you like encounter in Diablo one as well. Yeah, he's right up there yeah. near the, the front gate. Like he's, in fact, I, I would say that the revelation of the butcher is one of the first moments where Diablo, the original Diablo, says, "Okay, you might have thought this was like a D and D game. Uh, I'm going to point to the walls now. You see all those dead people? He did that, and and then he painted the walls with their bodies. That that's that's the mm-hmm. game you're playing now. And and so yeah, he shows up and he is just a nightmare. But I mean, I felt like I could figure him out." I think Mitch was Mitch and I had been having a discussion about it, and we he called it like we kind of called it like a Souls like type thing, like a Soulsborne game. And I mm-hmm. see why he said that, but the more I think about it, the more I think it's just harkening back to Diablo two in terms of having boss fights with a lot of stuff going on. Um, not that Diablo three didn't, but you know, it's just a different way. But I mean, if you had to describe it, what would you say? It, it, uh, the boss fights in, just, just specifically, in general, like just, um, just combat in Diablo four. Like, how would you describe it? I mean, it feels it feels very fluid, and it also feels like you have to think a little more about defense. It feels like, uh, at least compared to old Diablo games, you really have to think about dodging things, which, I mean, that's always a thing in any game. If there's, like, something bad coming, you have to dodge it, but there are really specific things where you have to pay attention to mechanics, and it, it seems like that happens in every boss fight certainly the world boss fight and you just have to be kind of maybe more on your toes i wonder if that's also why maybe the uh, druid and barbarian feel a little squishier to people because you're in melee all the time and as we all know from playing world of warcraft melee is just a crappy place to be because the boss is right there trying to hit you all the time and he's casting things and you have zero room to dodge it Kind of like that, so it's harder to dodge, and I think maybe those two classes are feeling a little behind the power curve because of that. Because there's this biggest, bigger focus on not just, "Ah, I'm going to go in with my sword, and I'm going to hit this thing till it's dead, 
and more focus on, okay, I'm going to go in and hit this thing until it's dead, but I also have to think about where I'm positioned. I have to think about which spells I'm using. I have to remember all of my defensive abilities. It's not just about gearing up with the right armor. It's about going in. You have to think a little more strategically. Yeah, And I'm um, not going to say you have to think super strategically, but you there it feels like there's more to think about in combat in Diablo 4. It's, it's noticeable if you punch it from the two difficulty modes that were available to test were like Adventurer and Veteran. Adventurer was yeah. literally like, you know, hey, welcome to Diablo 4. Let, let me just walk you up here. Yeah, just, no, that's great. We're, we're going to get you in there. And Veteran was more like, <laughs> you've, you've played a Diablo game before. You know how this works. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of fights that I breezed through on Adventurer, when, when I set it to Veteran, suddenly it was a lot more... Uh, you know, okay, you cannot stand here and let this hit you. You have to run around. Oh, yeah. I, you know, oh, you, yeah. You have to be alert to when potion drops happen. Uh, because if you don't pick those up, you're going to have a tr- you're going to have a problem here because you're going to need to use your potion to stay alive and you'll end up with no potions. So you need to catch those potion drops when they happen. It, it's not like awful or like super hard. I, I definitely didn't get the frustration I get when I play a souls, but I do feel mm. like there's a little bit of the influence in there, which is fair because the original Diablo is definitely an influence on Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. There's no way to, to argue mm-hmm. Demon Souls were. But also, um, we talked about um, the last week, we talked about it when we were talking about the alpha, uh, I mean, the early access. We talked about yeah. you know, the storytelling in the game. Um, I got more of a chance to see more of it this time yeah. around. And in addition to the really, like, just dour and, and creepy and depressing stuff, there's a lot of really bizarre, funny stuff. Like, uh, like maybe, what? F- maybe not even funny is the right word, but just like <laughs> the game is trolling you. Um, uh-huh. there's a quest like called the sealed door where you have to go up to a sealed door and prevent it from being opened. And, you know, you basically, the, 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 you get the quest when a guy comes up to you and he starts saying random nonsense. And you're just like, yeah, I've, I'm used to this now. W- what can I help you with? And he's like, Oh, you, you believe me. And like, yeah, I, I, I tend to. Yeah. It's like, well, you have to go up here and you go up there and they're like, you know, you have to kill these, these demons to, to fill this box with magic power or something with anima i believe is actually even called anima i was like aha <laughs> not not letting go of that word humpless and so you get through that and you go up to the sealed no. door and the, the monster thing spawns and as you beat it it's like no no i was to be the adventurer and it's like you know i don't know who's in there but it feels an awful lot like this is like you know we're going to hear more from you know random door monster guy <laughs> Uh, and it just, it's, it's one of those quests where again it's not necessarily funny and you could play the whole thing and just take it on face value. But if you were like, you know, like we are all, we've all played these games for years and years and years. It's like, you it just, there's definitely that sense of a tongue in a cheek. Um, then there's like the, the quest. Have you done the quest with the sister in town? Like trying to do the, oh, yes, yes. I think that's, she is a great, interesting character. Yeah, and the part where you have to go and convince the guy to give you the chalice, and he's like, you know, and you just immediately bust out with, you know, I know the Reverend Mother, just give me it. And it's just <laughs> like, you're, it's like one of the things I've liked about Diablo for years now, for going back to Diablos two and three, is that a sense of your adventure or just not having time for this. Hmm, like, yeah. You know, that, that, that just, look, I'm busy. Uh, can we get on with this? And it, it's it's here, but it's like, it's kind of illustrative of the people you're dealing with. Like after mm-hmm. you're done with that whole quest chain and this guy's like, he, you, you profaned a sacred artifact uh, and the sister's just like, Oh, so you're going to tell the Reverend mother that you left your post and came up here uh-huh. you know, and, and you were tricked by, by this complete commoner 
to give him a chat to give them a chalice like and you know you're standing there i was playing my barbarian so i'm standing there like yeah do i look like i deserve a holy relic to you <laughs> yeah it's just it is it's really interesting it's it's got a lot of light touches while mm-hmm. at the same time it is it is a dis- it is a despair based game from i mean again we're only 20 levels in but yeah i i did i did find that like there's there's like leavening in uh mm-hmm. there's like the world events are weird too i didn't get another of those bastion deals uh you know this like the kind of strongholdy things where you go yeah. in and you, i didn't get another one of those but i did get one that was just basically like this these monsters were like summoning things in to be killed in, inside of a circle and you had to get them killed before they got into the circle because yeah. if they died in the circle then their blood would be sacrificed and, something something yeah. something yeah something something bad and i mean it was just interestingly bizarre there are events going on in the world all the time and you're just going to like stumble into them as you wander around because there's it's not just going around and killing hordes of monsters though that's there too there are also these world events like the one Matt was just talking about um you can run into events where it's like oh clear out this little fortress and then a boss is going to spawn in the middle and you kill them there are these strongholds uh which i believe they're actually i think these are fixed I think the strongholds are fixed things. And I think kind of like a wow dungeon, I think they're always two levels above you. So I wandered into one, like the first time I wandered into a stronghold, I was already level 25. And I was like, oh, oh crap. These mobs are level 27. I've clearly wandered in over my head. Then I figured out later, oh, this is just, this is stronghold. This is how they work. I really enjoy the strongholds because, you know, you go in and you clear them out. And then, like, the world around them changes permanently after you do that. And it feels like you have had an impact on the world. And so far, all of them I've done, it feels like you've had a positive impact on the world. Because, like, you've gone into an abandoned town and you've cleared out all these demons. And once you do, uh, it's a town again. There's a place and there are people and there are vendors. Uh, So that is kind of nice that you can go in and do something positive in this horrible, horrible world of sanctuary. Yeah. That reminds me the, the quest where the guy's brother like leads a, he leads a group of merchants out into the woods, but they all get murdered yes. and yes. then you, you catch up to him and his brother's like, you know, I have to bring him to justice. But when you get there, he's like, look, I just, I just thought they were going to rob him. I didn't think they were going to murder him. And then they threatened to murder me. And you're like, and you can ba- basically, you just let him go. Like his brother's yeah. like, can you walk? We have to get out of here. We can't go back to town. They're all going to kill you. Uh, and I liked it just for the like the, the way that the brother was like, look, I, I realize that, you know, this is wrong. He's my brother. And you're like, yeah, yeah, just go. I just, I like the, the, like how everybody involved knows this isn't going to go well, but you're like, you know, it, it, this is what it is. And it just, it's a little, these, these, all these little story quests, like there's like one, yeah. where I'm wandering around and I ended up in a basement somewhere, uh, like a cellar near like the bandit encampment and there's like just what like why am i here and then like you get to the middle <laughs> and there's like a a bunch of like weird little bears like arranged around a, a circle and then you get attacked by demons of course because it's diablo but it's just like what is what was the point of that and you, and you never find out you just walk in weird stuff happens you leave uh they're not all like that but that one really caught my eye uh, i mean it's there's there's so much to do and the world it's it's just a big big world and mm-hmm. uh yeah, I think it's pretty fun. I think the class balance it feels a little weird, and I think yeah. part of that is we aren't seeing the whole game. Part of it is yeah. that they're still 
you know, like in World of Warcraft, they're tooting class balance like right down to the last minute of yeah, a yeah, release absolutely. or a patch. But but as you um, point out, like the game goes up to level one hundred, we, we get yeah, to level twenty five. That's that's one fourth of the leveling, and then yes. after leveling, you hit the the new Paragon system, which is all these abilities right. you can get, like the Paragon tiles. It, there's like the one of the talent calculators I was using shows you everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sitting there going, dude, I'm getting to level 20, 25. If I'm lucky, <laughs> you're showing me Paragon tile stuff. I'm not going to be getting there. It's not even open. <laughs> so yeah, but it, it is pretty wild at this point so, though. We should probably, you, you have something to say, so you should finish and then we should try to move on I, to one email. So Joe can get to talk again. I do want to say a little bit about the necromancer in Diablo four. Since uh, we talked a lot about the Druid and the necromancer was also only available this past weekend, and it's one of those fan-favorite classes. I think the general opinion of the Necromancer is that it is super overpowered, wildly, insanely overpowered. But I think a lot of that comes down to it gets its big class ability at level one, and its big class ability is to have a whole pile of skeletons following you around and killing things for you. Mm-hmm. Starting at level one, you can already have four skeletons that like hang out, and, uh, you know, stand between you and the monsters and hit them with swords. I think and Corey that's... made a good point, too, in talking about the Necromancer, was that uh-huh. in, in a world where so many people have died, the Necromancer is just like, you know, a kid at a candy store. Like, you know, oh, more dead people. <laughs> uh, there is definitely, uh, outside of the lore aspect of it, which I definitely think is there, mm-hmm. there is there's just a lot of raw material for the Necromancer. To be uh, yeah, yeah. But the interesting thing about the Necromancer is it's so tied into its, you know, the pet class aspect of it, of having these skeletons with you. And so, like, at level one, you can only summon, like, one type of skeleton. But as you level up, you can control which type of skeletons you summon. At certain levels, you unlock new types of skeletons. At level 20, you can summon a golem, which is a big horrifying thing that is, wow, horrifying. Worse than the skeletons. It's... Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting that you get that kind of uh, all of these options or you can choose. I'm going to sacrifice my skeletons. I'm not going to have skeletons. And instead of skeletons, I'm going to get this cool buff. So I, I feel like it starts out very strong, but then you have more uh, options as you go. But I'm also a little worried that Necromancer is going to feel weak at the end. Like it feels really strong in the beginning because you have all these pets. But I, I'm concerned about towards the end that it's yeah, not going to feel so pets, great. Yeah, if the pets can't like, you know, really tank the bosses or what have you. it could. Uh, yeah, I mean, on early bosses, it works really well. They will just handle things for you and you sit back and you like cast spells and make corpses explode. And it's like no big deal. But uh Yeah, there's only a certain amount that you seem to be able to level up your pets, and you unlock most of it by level 25. Also, at later tiers of Warlock the Necromancer, the Necromancer talents, um, you have fewer options than other classes. There are some nodes that you'll unlock where you'll only have two active abilities to choose between. And uh, sometimes neither of them feel very good or impactful, so... It feels like as most classes level up, they get a lot more options. And it feels like as necromancers level up, they get options, but they don't get a lot more options. It feels like your class is kind of fixed very early on and doesn't open up into a lot of directions like I the mean, other classes do. It makes sense, though, because, I mean, it, it is literally the longest returning class in the game, yeah. I think. No. Uh, barbarians and necros are actually tied. Tied, yes, yeah. They're, they're, Unless they're, you count um, 
No, no, mm-hmm. they're, they're tied. It's uh, the, yeah. The uh, the, there's another one that's two, almost as, as often, but because it's two, two, two and onward, and then sorcerer technically. Yeah, sorcerer doesn't appear in Diablo Immortal, uh, whereas barbarians appear in everything from Diablo two, Diablo three, Immortal, and Diablo four. Necromancers appear in Diablo two, uh, Diablo three, Immortal uh, and four, Immortal and Diablo four. So yep. the two, those two are the are the two most returning classes. But sorceresses, sorcerers slash sorceress appears in Diablo one, Diablo two. Uh, and now Diablo four, but since they don't appear in Immortal and they don't appear in Diablo three, they're one less than those two. Yeah, you so, I was thinking about this the other day for no reason. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting. I was thinking about it too, for, you know, for absolutely no reason. Like we had a podcast that we talked all about Diablo lore, and by we I mean Matt. Um, but yeah, like I think it's interesting, and I wonder if that plays into it a little bit. Where like Barbarian seems though that it's sort of fleshed out a little bit more. Or I was like, going to say honestly, I find myself wondering if Necromancer was just not as fully complete. I mean, cause they didn't have it in the, uh, in the I mean, uh, early access. And I just yeah. find myself wondering, maybe they just haven't quite finished it yet. Yeah. Which is entirely possible. I mean, that's also something that when uh, Dan was playing the class over the weekend, he said, it feels like it's not finished because you get to these later talent tiers and there are like two things and you don't want either of them. So you're just like, uh, okay, I guess I'll pick something here. Fine. Fine. The best. Yeah, okay. of the deceased. Got it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like the curses, the curses tier of talents. You have two curses and one of them is a debuff that makes monsters hit you more. And one of them's a debuff that makes monsters take damage when they hit you. And it's like, if you use either of these, neither of them feel very impactful, even if you buff them up. And it's like, I just don't want either of these. I don't want to have to press this extra button or think about where I'm casting it. I just, uh, you know, this doesn't matter to me. And there are a couple of talent tiers like that where you get to them and you're just like, I, I played with them and it's like, wow, none of these feel like they're doing much for me and I don't know why they're here. I don't know why I'm here. I guess I'll put my points into something way earlier that d- feels like it matters. Yeah, like I, I would say straight up the Barbarian, mm-hmm. the Barbarian, I felt like I couldn't get enough stuff. Like there was, yeah. every tier had more stuff I wanted and I couldn't, I had to pick, I couldn't take them yeah. all. That's... And, and with uh, the Necromancer, what you're describing. But Barbarian yeah. was also one of the the early play, like the earliest, most playable class, wasn't it? Too like when Diablo Four like was at uh, BlizzCon. At BlizzCon, there was uh, Sorceress, uh, Druid, and Barbarian. Yes. Yeah. So like the, the it, Druid was completely different. Um, it, it did not feel much. It, oh, it felt kind of the same. It just it, yeah. We're talking four years of iteration. I am not surprised the Druid feels different. Uh, but the Necro wasn't even like no one even knew the Necro was coming until like like last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm it was not, the last. I'm, yeah, it was the last one. Announced. The last class announced. Yeah. So Drew, Drew is getting reworked, which would make sense because Diablo two resurrected released in between then, and probably shifted how they thought about the Druid class. Barbarians being an early adoption class and being more fleshed out than some of the other playable classes right now also makes sense because I feel like. I feel like barbarians have sort of become the poster child of Diablo, uh, which is not a bad thing, but they definitely seem like they get the most attention because of that, because they get built first. They're like, cause they always know they're going to put a barbarian in the game, right? Since Diablo two on the, they know they're going to do this. The other <laughs> ones, the other ones are maybes, right? Um, and then they decide later, like we literally haven't had a Druid in the game except for Diablo two, and uh, that was the uh, expansion. And then 
Diablo four. Like there's a, all those other games that Druid didn't exist. Whereas like we just pointed out with the barbarian, barbarian was just ever present, screaming, yelling, twirling, mm. beautifully twirling in destruction. Um, oh yeah. Whirlwind is a really nice ability now. They, they <laughs> stuff with it. But to, to get back to what Liz is saying, I think that the, the basic idea of the necromancer is pretty well laid mm-hmm. out in that uh, developer yeah. thing that they tied last year. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think it's a matter of some of the stuff isn't there yet. Yeah, I think that could be true because it really feels like they have less at higher levels. One of the things that I'm super impressed with with Diablo 4 is that how much each class feels distinct from each other. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. there's nothing samey between these different classes. Each one of them plays completely differently. Try and playing a rogue after you've been playing a barbarian for a while and you will have absolutely no idea what you're doing. It's, it's weird. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, switching I, up. I got to get my head back into the space. Even like one of the things I was worried about was that the druid and the sorcerer would be too mm-hmm. similar because they both kind of cut channel elemental magic, but they're no. not. There's no, there. there's, I mean, I won't say that they're completely alien to each other, but there is a lot of variation. The Druid feels like it, it's not quite there yet, but it feels like it's going for, I am a hybrid. Yeah. I can do but- multiple stuff. Like, like Liz suggested, whereas the sorcerer is, you know, I like to make these things get burned. I like light. <laughs> I like ice. I like all that stuff. And I'm going to hit you with it now. And and it's much more of a, it's just straight up is like a quintessential ranged caster. Uh, in yeah. a weird way, I honestly feel like the sorcerer slash sorceress should be able to count the wizard as one of them. Because it's not, it's not tremendously different from the D3 wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely similarity. I think on purpose. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. For, I mean, I, I think there have to be, right? Well, and uh, like the the rogue in Diablo Four, I I remember hearing you know some concern like Diablo Four is not going to have a demon hunter, and I really enjoy my demon hunter. If you enjoyed a demon hunter, play a rogue because they are a demon hunter, even down to ability names. If you play a ranged type cast type class, so you can really do all of those demon huntery things which, with your rogue, which makes sense because in lore standpoint. Uh, demon hunters, uh, and uh, to I mean, I guess Amazons as well. They all sort of like stem from that rogue, Rogue One right? Well, actually, mm-hmm. technically speaking, rogues stem from. Well, you, you know what I mean. They're 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 all they're all related. <laughs> yeah, there is there is interrelation between uh, demon hunter less directly, but more like you know I survived, and then this person found me and taught me how to do stabbing and shooting, <laughs> a lot of shooting, and turrets. I love turrets. Uh, so yeah, um, there's there's a certain amount of similarity there. I I've kind of sunk us into talking about Diablo Four for the entire podcast again. I, I don't um, think anybody's <laughs> going to complain. Trust no me. one was no uh, one was going to stop us. I I do want to ask you, Joe, since we have been talking forever, what do you hope is uh, is coming to classes in Diablo Four? Particularly, I know you're into playing a druid. What yeah, do you want to see? The, the, I mean, I think I'm already getting, I'm going to be getting what I wanted. And the one thing that I was uh-huh. going to uh, look for was sort of the, the jack of all trades, right? It was the, Oh yeah. I like playing hybrid classes because I like being able to adapt on the fly to situations. And uh-huh. I love, as much as I love the Druid, the Druid in Diablo two is very much, you pick a path and that is it. There uh-huh. is no in between. So now it sounds like instead of just being stuck with that, you are actually being rewarded or uh, maybe reward is the wrong word. You're, you're being encouraged to play more of a hybrid, more reactionary class, which mm-hmm. also thematically seems to fit what they were, at least from what I am gathering, 
uh, the intention of the story for why the druids are dealing with stuff again, right? Like that was what the druids were always supposed to be calling upon the power of, you know, nature or, or the world itself to, you know, uh, adapt to any situation because that's how they were always portrayed. So I'm getting that it seems like, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to spec your druid, you can, okay, sit at range and hurl tornadoes, literal tornadoes at yep. your enemies. And, you know, when you're like, hey, I'm tired of hurling tornadoes, you can just shapeshift into a werewolf and claw their face off. Yeah, or, or you can you shapeshift know, into yeah. a werewolf and bite them and poison them with your bite. So, I mean, options are infinite. Yeah, and, and the thing about the druid I kept noticing was that you could play, like, you could play in a, in a definitive, like, you know, I want to play my character this way. Or you could basically just improv it because like, mm -hmm. you know, like you can do your range stuff and when stuff gets in close to you, when most casters would be like running away and trying to like figure out how to get back to range, you just turn into a werewolf and slash at everything in front of you. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a more fluid response class than, than it was in yeah. Our, yeah. You had like talent trees and stuff that you were just aimed yeah. in one direction. This is not that. I had a, I had a talent where my werewolf would uh, like uh, 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 dash to someone if I attacked, like if I did my claw attack, it would like dash to my target. So I could like zoom all over the battlefield slashing at someone. And if I'm like, I don't want to be in range of this bad thing right now, I can just change my target and just dash over to them by trying to claw them. And it was just, it felt really fast paced and uh, really fun. I enjoy being a werewolf apparently. Yeah. Don't we all? Uh, yeah. I mean, some days, some days you just feel like a werewolf and you Sometimes want to solve you your problems. You want to solve your problems by clawing them in the face. Diablo 2 has werewolves. Diablo 4 also has werewolves. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think at this point though, uh, we're pretty much done. We, we have finished the podcast. Indeed. So I'm going to go ahead and do the thing because you know that Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast of the queue and an ads free site experience. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. And thank you to Liz as well uh, for helping me talk about Diablo for like a solid 45 minutes. Um, I, I do want to say this, like before we move on, uh, I do want to say that I, that I've been really pleasantly surprised by the non-barbarian classes. Like, mm. They're not they're not bad. Like you, I could see if I couldn't play a barbarian for <laughs> some reason, that's high praise. Yeah, like if I couldn't yeah, play a bard yeah, for is. some reason, I could see playing one of them. Uh, Necro is my least favorite, but not because it's bad, because I just don't like the motif. I'm just I'm just there's a lot of bones and blood and stuff. And yeah, hot topic is so two thousand. Yeah, it's it's just there is a lot of that happening, and it's just not really. Much. But the druid, um, mm -hmm. like I said, like Liz is correct in that it does feel kind of squishy, and I do think that that's got something to do with the fact that you can't go and unlock your special ability. But they still felt fun. Uh, the rogue felt really fun. Like I, I really liked playing the rogue, um, more so than I've ever liked playing a rogue before. Um, yeah, and the sorcerer, cool. well, I played the, I played the sorceress, and in my head, it's always the sorceress. I never say sorcerer <laughs> to myself. But that was another one where I was like, yeah, wow. I mean, I don't like casters, but this if you're going to be a caster, this is a good one to be, because you could just rock up on people and go like, hey, how about I just make everything be fire? Okay, yeah. <laughs> For my next trick, fireballs that I'm going to throw at everybody, because that fire thing I just did buffed my fireballs and made them like no mana. So yeah, more fireballs, just going to burn everything. Oh. It, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, you guys, going to ask a final question before we go. You, you'd ask Joe a question about what he wants to see uh, in, mm -hmm. in Diablo 4. So, Liz, 
kind of on the same page. What do you, what do you think, like when we're talking about this game next year, what do you think we'll be talking about? What do you think is the thing that'll, that'll be keeping us playing this game if, if we are? I, well, I hope it will be uh, the story of the game because after playing through the first act in the beta, I am really curious as to what happens next. Where are we going from here? And Blizzard has already said that they're planning on doing a seasonal approach and every season they're going to roll out new content like new zones and stories. So I'm going to be really excited if they really follow through on that. And like every season we get a new zone to explore and a new storyline to play. I would be thrilled if that happens. Okay. Joe. I don't know if I can add anything more because I think, I think if they do what they say they're going to do, we're just going to have plenty to talk about for uh, a while about this game, because if they keep adding content and they keep doing that, eh, we're going to have, we're going to have a good fun time for a long time. I will say that one of the things I do like is all the ways that this game feels like a Diablo game in both in terms of gameplay and story, but at the same time, there are big differences. And I like that there are big differences. I like that there's stuff that you're like, Ooh, okay. I, I didn't expect that. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they can keep that going where you keep, you get to like, I believe last week Liz said that it felt like sanctuary was part of the game was like actually mm-hmm. almost a character. And yeah. I agree with that. And I'd like to see the what what we find out about the character of, of Sanctuary after a year of playing. But everybody, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you very much for being here with us. Uh, and we will be back next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.